five, four, three, two, one. It's time for a little Canadian content. Well, somebody has uh, flicked a big switch, and guess what? (laughs) The Log Broadcasting Center is now cold. That's right. It's very cold. We have slipped into the icy fingers of fall. So what that means is I need a nice big hug. Lucky it's Monday. Yeah, that's right. It is Monday, the last. The last Monday in August. The last day in August. Hello, everybody. I am Revelstoke Jim. You're Canadian. The one you turn to for all that good Canadian news, gossip, and information, and cheap pharmaceuticals. I am the man who sits in this chair in the Log Broadcasting Center, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I bet you're happy to hear something on a Monday. Because I'm here. Yep. Sitting in my chair in the Log Broadcasting Center in Studio 1B, the one with the big window, situated at the corner of 1st and Main, telling you to all come a little closer because I need the warmth of human contact. I'm not kidding. Down there at the Weather Center in Revelstoke, on the south side of town, somebody went in on Friday Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it was their plan. Somebody got tired of running their air conditioner. And they said, screw it. I'm going to change the weather for the entire region. And they went inside the big weather office and they turned the big switch that is on the wall that controls the Revelstoke weather, and they moved it all the way to the right, switched it into fall without anybody giving them permission to do so. It has been cold and rainy, and this broadcaster, this Canadian, who enjoys his good weather as much as he enjoys his bad weather? I'm telling you right now. Let's, let's, it's already coming into my throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm telling you right now. It's it's acting like it's fall. My furnace at my house is trying to turn on. The weather has been miserable all over the province of British Columbia, from the lower mainland. Vancouver has been hit with torrential rains and winds. 
Hundred-year-old trees are falling onto houses and across power lines. People have been without power. It is just miserable. Meanwhile, I had a rather nice weekend out of town, and I came back to Revelstoke. Like I said, I am now sitting in the Log Broadcasting Center on what should be still a warm day in August, even though it is the last day of August. I'm wearing two t-shirts and long pants. Uh, I have not, I normally do not make the big switch from cargo shorts to long pants until October. I don't know what the hell's going on. We might have to, uh, we might have to have an investigation to find out just what is happening to our precious weather. I know they've been talking about the fact that this year will be an El Nino year, and maybe that's good for people in other parts of the world who are desperate for a little precipitation. But right now, I'm telling you, uh, nobody's happy. And once again, I was on the highways of British Columbia, completing what I think will be my last road trip for the summer. I figured it out. It was number nine. I have taken nine distinct, unique road adventures this summer, which is, which is amazing considering how crappy my health is and how I feel. But as I've said before on this program, there are only so many days in your life where you can sit around feeling sorry for yourself, feeling bad, feeling under the weather, and then every once in a while you just have to break out your inner your inner kitty and you just have to uh you just have to say motherfucker and just put up with nothing. And that's what I've been doing all summer long. Happily enough. Now, let me tell you one other thing. It is, if you did not, by the way, excuse the profanity. I just had to get that in. We try to keep it a little above board here on the program, but occasionally something does sneak out. Uh, it is Monday, and on Mondays, we always... Love to get together with the listeners and tell you a story of life in Canada that we refer to as uh, the Moose Poop Stories. That's right. Uh, we will be sharing stories with you a little later on. If you want to get in touch with me while this program is on the air and live, 9 p.m. Western, then all you got to do is send me a tweet at RevJimCanCon. Just, there is my personal account on Twitter, RevelStokeJim, but I don't look at that during the program. At uh, RevJimCanCon stands for RevelStokeJim's Canadian content and you can find Revelstoke Jim all over social media, Instagram, Tumblr, Ello, Snapchat. Go ahead. Give yourself fun. 
searching for me. I'm out there. Uh, you can also find all the Moose Poop stories over there on SoundCloud. Just search for Revelstoke Jim. Uh, there's also some of the Asphalt Adventures, the Sin in Whiskey Hour, and uh, Adventure Night, which we also do occasionally. Okay. So, as I said, it is uh, Monday. The show has started. Let's find out who is saying hello to us on social media via the Tweetmatic 1200, the ancient piece of equipment that lets me communicate with you good people, uh, whether you like to or not. Uh, the Groovy Cat sends us our first message of the evening saying, it's Moose Poop Monday with Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. Oh, isn't that nice? He always does that. Reminding the good folk who may forget that we are indeed on the air. He also says, hiya, Jim. It's good to hear you live again. As opposed to hearing me dead, I, I would assume. Uh, Jim Riley sends us a tweet. Good evening, Jim. Corporal Jim of the Jim Army reporting for Moose Poop. Uh, thank you, Jim Riley. Nice to hear from you as well. Uh, I want to stay. Hey, I, uh, I want to get a little personal here. Uh, I don't usually give out dedications to the program. After all, uh, we don't take requests. We don't do long distance dedications. But I wanted to say a special, I know she's not listening. Now this is for my own personal satisfaction because she saved me tonight. I want to say a big hello uh, shout out, whatever you want. It's not shout out to Megan. It's shout out to Annie. Uh, thank you, Annie, from the uh, uh, La Baguette coffee shop, who basically saved my life tonight because I came to the Log Broadcasting Center late and I was feeling cold and miserable. And I thought, how am I going to talk to the people? And I said, uh, I just don't know what I'll do. And then I thought, oh, I know coffee. Coffee is what will keep me going for the next little while. So I stopped into La Baguette quite late, about 7.30 p.m. Western time. And there was the lovely Annie behind the counter. The place, not many people in the place at that time of night, they were getting ready to close up, and Annie made me a latte and basically helped inject a little energy into my life that allows me to talk to you good people tonight. So, Annie, uh, I know you're not listening, but I really want to thank you for everything that you did, even though you don't know how important it was tonight. So, Annie, uh, this one's this one's for you. Voted Mr. Canada, twelve years and counting. You're listening to Revelstoke Jim.
right. We got another message that came in on the private line. Uh, this is from our buddy at Tessic, 1138. Probably one of the most followed and influential people on Twitter. He writes in tonight, one poop, two poop, three poop, four. Time for moose poop. Give us more. Again, if you uh, if you want to receive tweets from at Tessic1138, you can find him on Twitter. Now, I uh, wanted to tell you something else. The fall season, even though I said technically we have been shifted into fall, the fall season has not started. But tomorrow is the 1st of September, of course. And then the, uh, the following weekend is Labor Day. And here at, the, uh, at gabnet.net, we will be joining the rest of you good folks by taking the uh, holiday weekend off. You will be able to hear archival broadcasts that uh, you will just laugh at. You will just think they are hilarious. That is uh, Monday, the 7th of September. Uh, tune in to possibly hear yourself or your friends out there on previous GabNet programming. The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, very, very important. Now, uh, Getting Geeky with Miranda Janelle will be on tomorrow night in this time slot. Uh, usually Miranda covers all the big geek news, all the very interesting stuff that those of us of a geek persuasion love to find out about. But I'm going to drop a little hint and remind you that tomorrow, September 1st, I, I, I know, I can't believe it's September 1st already. Aren't you just stunned? Where did the summer go? I frankly, I know where the summer go went. I, I put on a lot of miles. I went to a lot of places. My wife traveled. This summer was the most amazing summer. But it's over. Technically. Kids are going back to school in the States. Here in Revelstoke, they go back to school on the 8th of September. But tomorrow, the 1st of September, I'm telling you, very important day in geek news. Mad Max Fury Road is released on Blu-ray and DVD. If you haven't already picked it up through some form of streaming situation, 
and you're like me, you want the hard copy, you want the disc in your hand so you can look at the extras and all that good stuff. Tomorrow is the day. I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed that movie. You know why? It it sort of reminded me of driving to Medicine Hat, Alberta. I'm not kidding. It was it was almost it was almost just like Mad Max Fury Road. Ah, yeah, memories. Memories. Uh, Let's go back to the tweets. Uh, Yuha David says, put away the Miralax. Don't need it on Moose Poop Monday. I'm here for the distance. Oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Now, the other thing I I, I, I did want to mention this as well. Uh, I have been contemplating just what this program is in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I know we are scheduled Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm not sure that works all the time. I love my Monday conversations with you good folks. Uh, Wednesdays and Fridays sometimes uh, aren't, uh, aren't working for me. I, there is just things in life that are happening. So I don't know. We are going to have to have a, uh, a sit down and, and, and make sure everything is working just the way we need it to be working to continue with the fine programming that is brought to you via Gabnet. Moose poop will never go away. I'm telling you right that now, it is. It is a staple. It's like kale. You're not getting rid of it. By the way, by the way, if there was a, there's got to be, there's got to be an alternative to kale. Now, I had some kale on the weekend, I've joked about kale before, and actually it sounds, just the name sounds like a town in British Columbia, and you got to be maybe, maybe you have to be British Columbian to really get that joke, but it does, it sounds like a uh, a town in British Columbia. I got to think that there's a better way. To, pres- to present kale as an alternative to people. It, uh, yeah. But again, it doesn't matter. I'm hopped up on the coffee, thanks to Annie. Absolutely. Uh, hey, when we come back, you know what's happening. That's right. It's time to get a little poopy. Here on Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. P. 
People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year for 1993. You're listening to Revelstoke Jim. If you are lucky enough in your life to have a Canadian as a friend, then you can basically consider yourself as having won the lottery. Because a Canadian friend is a friend indeed. We are there when needed. We are there to support you. We are there to help you in times of trouble. And I have had no better Canadian friend in my life than my friend Woody. We have laughed. We have cried. We have seen the stars in the Northern Lights. And we have shared a glass or two to help us through the long winter nights. But before I became a good friend of Woody, he already had a friend. one that he shared his life with, the large, black-headed, bucket-headed black Labrador known as the Glazed Duke. The Duke was a behemoth of a Labrador, 
who seemed to subside on only day-old glazed donuts that Woody would acquire from the local bakery. And together they lived in the little cabin on the gravel road just down from the historic cemetery. Wherever you saw Woody, you would see the glazed duke, and wherever you saw the glazed duke, you would see Woody. Side by side, they would visit with the tourists who would come hiking along the gravel road, making their way to the historic cemetery to trace their possible ancestors. Or you would see them walking together down the highway towards the little town five miles away where they would pick up their mail, their groceries, and tend to business that needed tending to. When I first met Woody, he was a man of an unknown age. I once asked him how old he was, and he took off his hat and scratched his head and thought long and hard about the question. Well, not quite sure. I know how old I feel, but that can change. Let's just say I'm old enough to know better, young enough to still get into trouble every once in a while. Then he'd put his hat back on his head at a jaunty angle, smile, his eyes twinkling just a bit, and he'd walk off to attend to his chores and leave you standing there, chuckling all by yourself. And the glazed duke would be sitting at your feet. And as he watched Woody walk away, he'd lift his bulk up onto his four legs and start following his good friend off to whatever adventure lay in store. Now, many people remember seeing the duke and Woody, together on their travels. Tourists from all over the world would stop and take their picture. From Germany, Japan, Australia, Taiwan, China, It was more than likely that in some photo album, on some shelf, somewhere, there was a grainy, faded photo of the grizzled old Canadian male and his ever-present companion, the Duke. 
Now, people knew that they shared the little cabin. The Duke's bed was next to the wood stove. Woody slept on the creaky old metal bed. There was even a rumor for many years around town that Woody had somehow taught the glazed duke how to play cribbage. And that's how they passed the long winter nights listening to the CBC and playing endless games of cribbage where, as rumor had it, the duke would win two out of five games. But again, this was all just conjecture because no one knew exactly what made up the friendship that the man and the dog had. And simply put, they were best friends. For many years, I considered Woody one of my best friends. But I think if it came down to it, and he had to choose between myself or a handful of other people and the large black Labrador, he would choose the large black Labrador. Occasionally, they would argue about what, again, no one was quite sure. And it seems as if they would be having a spat like any married couple. You knew it was happening when you would see them walk into town, each one on either side of the highway, not making eye contact not speaking to each other. But then, before you knew it, they would be back, spending time together, fishing, hunting, panning for gold, chopping wood, or just lying back on the green grass, counting the dragonflies, zipping back and forth over their heads on a warm summer day. From what I understand, there was one moment that solidified the friendship they shared. And that was when the Duke fell ill. Woody had a constitution of a Clydesdale. He rarely, if ever, got sick. No germ could live in his system for longer than 24 hours. If a sickness took hold, it quickly left. Woody attributed it to his diet 
of garlic, vegetables, and the occasional unnamed roots and berries that he would pick up out in the woods on some of his walks. So it was rare that he missed a day of work or doing chores. You would always see him in the early morning hours with a rope over his shoulder, an axe in his hand, heading out to cut some firewood with the glazed duke walking side by side wagging his tail and looking forward to the day's adventure. But for a number of mornings, looking out the window of my little trailer just down the road from Woody's cabin, I noticed that there were no walks in the woods taking place. I had not seen Woody leave the little cabin in days. Finally, curiosity got the best of me. I walked across the gravel road and knocked at the door. And there was Woody. looking pale, white as a sheet. It seems that the glazed duke was sick. And this is what Woody told me. He said the duke seems to have come down with something. He's not himself. He's off his food. I've stacked up two glazed donuts in front of him. He hasn't touched one or the other for days. His tail won't wag. His head is hanging low. And he doesn't seem to be able to catch his breath properly. Woody told me the first thing he did was take an old book off the shelf that had been left by his maiden aunt from whom he inherited the little cabin. And it was Dr. Agastrom's Home Remedies. as he turned through the pages, past measles, past the croup, past the creeping crud, he came to the conclusion that the worst thing possible had infected the Duke. the human cold. Somehow the Duke 
became susceptible to a virus that Woody's own system had shrugged off. And now here he was, lethargic, congested, and definitely not himself. Occasionally, the Duke would rise up onto his legs, lifting his bulk off his bed. His head would raise upwards. And then a massive canine sneeze would come issuing from his nose and mouth projecting phlegm and dog snot across the little cabin. The first time it happened, it caught me off guard, and I was basically covered from ankle to knee. Woody said to me, Oh, should have warned you about that. He seems to do that every half hour. And then a giant wheeze would come from the chest of the glazed duke. And he'd hang his head down. And shoelaces of saliva would hang from his lips and his nose. And he'd wipe his head against his bed and collapse into a grunting, snorting dream state. Woody took the only action he could think of. And gathering ingredients he had found in the ancient medical book, he created a poultice for the glazed duke. Mustard powder, garlic, boiled pine needles. He let it simmer for at least an hour and a half until it became a rather thick paste. And then taking a piece of cheesecloth, he spread the material from the pot onto the cheesecloth. And while it was still warm, he knelt down beside his good friend and with great effort tried to get the glazed duke to roll onto his back so Woody could apply the warm poultice to his chest. It was no easy effort to get the giant bucket-headed black Labrador onto his back, all four paws splayed out towards the ceiling. But with a bit of effort and some blankets rolled up to keep him on his back, Woody placed the poultice on the dog's chest, rubbed it in. The smell was atrocious. But the Duke quickly fell asleep. 
and for the next few hours, grunted, wheezed, and snorted the night away. The next morning, the dog was still looking rather ill and worn out. The wheezing had lessened. It no longer sounded like the brakes of a train being applied as they went through town. And Woody consulted the book once more and decided he needed to create a ventilation tent for his friend. Because that's what friends do, take care of themselves in times of trouble. Woody got the old porcelain pan out that he used to occasionally soak his feet after a long hike, and he placed it on the floor in front of the glazed duke's bed. He filled it with boiling hot water, slices of garlic, sage, and various other ancient ingredients that he was reluctant to share with me. And then as the water boiled, creating a mist that filled the little cabin on the gravel road, he took his rain slicker, put it over the giant dog's head, covering it and the boiling basin of water, and laid there on the floor next to his best friend, reciting to him by memory. Poetry by Robert Service. Hoping that come morning, all would be well. While Woody was unsure how long he lay on the floor of the little shack. But it had been long enough for him to fall asleep. And when the light came through the window of the little cabin, indicating the start of a new day, He opened one eye, squinting at the bright light hitting his face, and all he could see was the nose of the gigantic Labrador just inches away. And as soon as the glazed duke saw that Woody's eyes were open, A large, wet tongue 
slipped from between his lips and licked Woody from chin to nose. And as Woody lay there, he saw the glazed duke get up off his bed, stretch to his full height, his gigantic mouth emitting a yawn, and his tail starting to wag back and forth. And with his nose, he pushed against Woody's shoulder, as if to say, Get up! There are things to be done. It seems that though the crisis had passed, and once again, the Duke was in fine form. The donuts that had been left beside his bed were even more stale than when they had been first placed there. Yet it did not stop him from eating them in quick, successive bites. And as per usual, he then walked towards the front door and stood there looking back at Woody as if to say, I gotta go. Woody raised himself up off the floor, opened the door, and with a jaunty hop, his best friend went off into the tall grass to attend to business. Woody smiled happily to see his friend back at top form. Glad that they would have more adventures together. And at that moment, Woody felt the call of nature himself, so he left the little shack and started to make his way towards the little building out back. And as he walked towards the door with the half moon on it, he stopped in his tracks threw his head backwards and then forwards quickly and let out a god-awful sneeze. <laughs> and then again. <laughs> and all of a sudden, his eyes felt as if they were burning and red. His throat was scratchy. And as he sneezed once more, <coughs> the large head of the black Labrador known as the Glazed Duke popped up from the tall grass just off to the south of the little cabin. The Duke raced back to Woody.
and carefully grabbed Woody by the hand in his giant mouth and started pulling him back towards the cabin. It was time to repay the debt. The debt where one friend took care of another when the time for help was needed. And that's your moose poop for August 31st, 2015. We'll be back in just a bit. Revelstoke Jim will take your Skype calls in just a moment. the Skype lines for uh, just a couple of minutes. Uh, if you get lucky enough to uh, be picked 
to be part of the panel tonight. Well, uh, that's like winning the lottery. Uh, what we're going to talk about, I don't know. There are things to discuss. Hey, you know what? There is a, a new exchange student coming to Revelstoke Secondary School this year. Uh, his name is Jonas. So we welcome you, Jonas, to Revelstoke, British Columbia. Getting ready to start the school year. Uh, God, I'm glad I don't have to go back to school. I never noticed, I never noticed just how handsome one of our callers is. He always looks well put together. Uh, that's Patrick. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Yourself? Uh, well, uh, as evident, look, I'm I'm wearing two T-shirts in the Log Broadcasting Center on a uh, on a Monday. Well, on a Monday in I'm in August. It's uh, it was uh, in American terms, it was 55 degrees today, and wet and uh, uh, miserable. So uh, I guess I I must be doing okay. I'm sitting closer to the monitor tonight, trying to keep myself warm. I see I'm having some Skype issues. My uh, my camera keeps going off and I keep losing your camera. So you know what? We might not have a, a very long time to uh, converse, but uh, what the heck? I got you now. Um, uh, I bet you're looking. Got I got you now. <laughs> Lucky me. Lucky me. Hey, I bet you're looking forward to uh, uh, September 1st. Uh, no, hang on, no. no, hang on. Why ruin it by why ruin that by talking about it? I like the extended silence that just that well, existed between us. That was uh, that was absolutely. I mean, if if Brad had been really on the ball, we would have had the crickets. I that, that was just that was just perfect. It's. Uh, it it's just that kind of thing. Uh, that's absolutely perfect. Uh, when do you start adding the sleep? Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. And you can put your tongue back in your mouth. I I really. I can see you. Can you see me? Can you see me? Can you hear me? Mr. Blazik. Have you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? 
he does. I don't know if Patrick is out there. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to hang up and uh, uh, I'm going to try Skype again. I'm going to log out of Skype. Uh, <laughs> I knew there were going to be issues tonight. I just knew. I'm going to try to restart Skype. And if we can get a Skype connection going, uh, we will share it with you tonight. Right. Uh, there may be issues out there internet-wise. Uh, as I said, we've been uh, having some really bad weather storms here in British Columbia, and I know that the signal, the signal disappeared for a little bit. It seems to be back. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get any action on Skype. Or even if the show will be able to maintain itself. No, I can see right now my connection is timed out. You are probably having a hard time even hearing me on air. So I'm telling you right now, uh, this show is now officially over. Let's push the big button that we have when we have issues. It just bullshit upon bullshit upon bullshit. That's right, Patrick. Thank you very much. And then we signal this button. Uh, that's it. I cannot maintain a connection tonight. I want to thank everybody who tweeted. Diana, Jim Riley, Yuha uh, David, the Groovy Cat. Thank you for being a part of this program tonight. And of course... Uh, uh, Patrick and Miranda for trying to give us a call on Skype. Uh, obviously not going to work. 
what with everything running, uh, I must not have filled up the bandwidth juice this weekend. I hate that. We really need to make a a post-it note that reminds everybody if the level of the internet juice drops below a certain line, uh, we're screwed up. Uh, Tom Yamaguchi says he's having trouble receiving the program. Uh, That's what's happening. Thanks for listening, Tom, and thanks to all of you. Tune in to GabNet.net tomorrow for Damian Chaplin, Alex Bennett, and Miranda Janelle. I'm Revelstoke Jim. Please take care of yourselves. We'll see you a little further on down the road. And Annie, if you're out there, thanks a lot for the coffee. You made this Canadian guy very happy. Good night. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.